Welcome to Inside a Boat, ladies and gentlemen. I am back. I am Dave Jones, your host. And before we get started with our guests, I want to invite you to listen to more content. We have tons out there. We have a whole year's worth of content. We try to cover all the bases, y'all. So anyway, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Anchor. You can find us on Spotify. Anywhere you go to listen to podcasts, we're probably there. Just do a search for Inside a Boat, and there's plenty more content. So with that said, let's get into our guests today. So <clears throat> I'm sitting with Chris Duskin and George Lane, the Lane Duskin Guild Mortgage Team, correct? Correct. All right. So first of all, introduce yourselves. We've had George on here before yep. talking about the market update, and we plan on talking about another market update today with Chris and George. So we brought Chris in as well. Um, we have a lot of knowledge in the room right now. So uh, buckle up. There's going to be a lot of information, I think, in this one. So let's, go, let's start with Chris. Chris, introduce yourself. Chris Duskin uh, with Guild Mortgage. Been with the Duskin Lane team for about a dozen years. We've been working together now. Wow. So in the industry since 1995. Uh, had a brokerage from 2000 to 2010. Oh, nice. And then uh, been with Guild Mortgage for the last nine to ten years. Okay. I didn't know that about you, that you had brokers. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. It made a lot of sense to have a brokerage back in the day. And when the recession hit... You know, we went from 100 lenders to choose from to, to one or two or three. So right. it made more sense for the consumer to be a direct lender. We had our direct underwriters and funding and do huh. things a little quicker and less expensive. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't know that. All right. So we have Chris and we have George. Yep. And I've uh, been with Guild, oh gosh, same time. So we're almost a decade now with Guild. Um, I've been in the business since 1993. And I've done all kinds of things in uh, in lending. I've been a retail loan officer, which I am now, but I've also been a wholesale loan officer, meaning back in the day, there was a time when Chris was my customer when oh. he, with his broker brokerage business. So okay. we've done a lot of things together over the years, and uh, it's just worked out very, very well to be a team. That's so, cool. Yeah. And you guys haven't killed each other yet. So <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, working together is, is tough. But the fact that you guys have been a team, I think that for us, that's what we, we find comfort in you guys because, A, there's two of you. That's always better because there's just more knowledge base. Um, on top of that, you have experience and you've been doing it for a long time and you've been together for a long time. So I don't know. I just think that there's there's some comfort in uh, just knowing that you both are there. So a team as opposed to one person or whatever. And you're both obviously very knowledgeable or we wouldn't call you in to talk about <laughs> the things we're going to talk about. So let's talk about the market. Um, we're starting 2020. Uh, I have, you know, I think people are somewhat unsure of what's going to happen um, as far as economically is concerned, or, you know, just with the, uh, people are throwing the word recession around. And we, on the last podcast with uh, you, George, we talked about what that actually was. Um, and then we're going into an election year, of course. So there's just a lot of things going on right now in 2020. Um, that I think people are concerned about, and not overly concerned, but just we have a lot of go we have a lot going on. Yeah, war, impeachment, you know, just it's kind of a mess right now. So, um, you have the weight of the world on your shoulders <laughs> to make us feel good about this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, so tell us about what you guys are thinking in terms of 2020 and what our current status is. Yeah, well, just starting out with with current um, things are actually from a lending standpoint positive okay I mean they're just the the from a rate standpoint the expectation is that uh, that we're going to be kind of at this level level going forward so I don't know if you remember Dave last time we did this we talked about China yeah lot. we did yep the, what the impact trade, China was going to have in the trade talks well we've 
just had the phase one deal signed today, right? So the interesting thing about that is the big concern was with China and trade, if we got a deal that rates were going to automatically just jump up a bunch. Well, rates did go up, but not as much as as we were worried about, simply because this phase one deal, while it's positive, isn't anywhere near what was what we thought was coming. Okay, so when you so, say phase one, is it named phase one because it's phase one, literally, of the deal? Phase one, that's what they say. And, the, the Trump says he's got phase two coming. Okay. But, but the word is it's coming after the election. Oh, okay, and so, right. which is a smart, I, I, I think, and this is what we said, I think, in that last podcast, which was, I, I felt like it was all positioning for the election to get reelected because right. you have phase one of this deal. Oh, I'll give you phase two after I'm reelected. Right. You know what I mean? And I think it's really smart on his, on his on his behalf. But um, okay, so do you? So phase one of the deal that was just signed today. Signed today. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it's you know it's interesting. There's some positive things in there. One, China has agreed to buy I think 200 billion dollars worth of American products. Okay. Um, one of the things I read just today that uh, for America that's great and it's easy for China to do that but for our other trading partners that may not be as positive a thing because they might be taking purchases away from the European Union and, and buying it from the US instead so it. it's not a what, what's the term not a zero sum game right yep. or it is a zero sum game <laughs> if, I'm, if we're winning someone else is losing mm-hmm. essentially exactly. is what's happening um, so that was interesting and there's talk that China is supposed to not pressure US companies to give up their intellectual property to gain access to Chinese markets. So interesting. just some, some interesting things kind of coming out of this phase one that they're trying to make, uh, huh. make stick. Interesting. Yeah. That's good to know. That's good information because I um, was not aware that phase one was signed today. So yeah. that's good. I haven't even had a chance to look at anything news related in the last two days or the, actually this week. We've had sick kids and all that other kind of stuff going on. So. <laughs> Um, a little, little snow added in. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the the faux snow apocalypse. Right. Um, and so, so as far as current status, is there anything else that's impacting or that you think is uh, that yeah. you look at for the market right now? Right now, would you just call it kind of steady as you go? Yeah, I would. I, one thing I got out of what George was saying there, it, it's where we tend to go now. When someone asks, what's our market looking like for the next year? What's the economy looking like? Mm-hmm. It quite often goes straight to international influences right Right. so when we first got in the industry it was all about what's going on at home in our country Mm -hmm. so how's the jobs report doing um you know where 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 are the unemployment levels where's the manufacturing going now we tend to focus a lot on the global economy just because it's so impacted we're all so impacted by it now yeah and we saw that with brexit and we're seeing it now with the i mean all the rates a lot of what's going on with our rates we watch to see what's going on with china so it's just different than our parents had right Mm -hmm. so not that the the world wasn't involved in our our local economy then but it's more so now than ever Right. Um, just because we're also more more connected than ever. Yeah, we're a global economy global at this economy. point. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's that's a big deal, and we need to operate as such, not only as uh, nationally, <laughs> but as small businesses too. We have to be aware. Um, so, so a couple of things that uh, I was thinking about because I was just having this conversation with someone today who had had said to me, he goes, does it seem to you that the stock market's just going on oblivious to what else is happening mm-hmm. in the world? And it was an interesting Good point question. in that. The stock market keeps going up with barely a blip, even with the uh, the drone attack. Mm-hmm. Was that a week ago, two weeks ago now in, mm-hmm. in Iran? Um, there was a one-day blip and then back back to it. What I think we're finding is that you know three years ago, 
that event would have caused the stock market to crater and would have kept it down for a while. We just don't see that same reaction on a single event like that. It's more the U.S.-China trade accord. Now, if that um, if that had escalated into serious conflict with Iran, that would have been a big, have, a big deal. Yeah. But I think we're getting to the point now where we're, we might have kind of a knee-jerk reaction, but then everyone kind of calms down to say, okay, where is this going from here? And that's a big change in that's in the last year, really, mm-hmm. that we've seen that that different play in the markets. Do you feel like that's part of just being used to, like, almost desensitized yeah. to news? I, I, I don't know. That. I, I would absolutely. So whether you're a fan of the current administration or you're not a fan, mm-hmm. one thing that we can agree on is there's some <laughs> some unexpected things that come out uh, right. that you would think that would not come from the current administration. Right, right. And so I do think that people come numb to it a little bit right. where they don't. Part of that could be good though, where you're, they're not overreacting. Some parts of that, I like where, yeah. where they're not overreacting. I've know. gotten to that point where I don't even overreact anymore, yeah. which is good and bad, yeah. you know. And, and so it's like when rates move, right? So the mm-hmm. Feds lower or raise rates; those rates adjust based on what the Feds believe, what they say. So it's right. what's coming, right? And so that's kind of what I'm seeing with the administration. They're just so used to to um, th- those words that are being mm-hmm. spoken, and they're they're numb to it a little bit. Yeah. So. That's interesting. Um, I thought that that was a good question as far as like the volatility yeah. and um, I think well it, it makes me feel good that mm-hmm. you know we're not as volatile in the right. market um, because obviously having the business and our business somewhat hinges on that. Um, what do, and so as far as moving forward for twenty twenty like rate rate wise if we're talking about the market what mm-hmm. is what is what are we looking at? Well, the projection from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, NAR, National Association of Realtors, MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association, um, even a bunch of the mortgage insurance companies is a whole that rates are going to be with some moving up and down, but basically from January 2019 to December 2019, pretty much where we are right now. So there's not a lot of movement expected up or down over the long haul. Uh-huh. We'll have spikes here and there just with news and, and other events. Right. But but really, we're just kind of supposed to stay at our current level for the next year. And like, Chris, what do you think if, let's say something happened, what would it take, since we just spoke on the, vol- on the lack of volatility, mm-hmm. what would it take for something extreme for the rates to happen, do you think? Like, it, 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 is it like war or is it well, like, what, yeah, what would no, it Well, I thought we could see that with the last uh, Iran controversy. Mm-hmm. And if that had escalated, you know, we can see that. So, you know, we remember, that's what's interesting, George mentioned the stock market continues to do really well. Right. So we watch that a little bit as the stock stock market goes down, yeah. then that means people are going to take their money out of the stock market and put it into the safety of bonds, right? Yeah. And so bonds go up and then the rates yeah. go down. And so, and then, you know, that's inverse of that too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a world event, uh, a war, that type of thing would, okay. would definitely have adjusted. Although, again, we've seen um, examples in the last six months where we thought it would have had more adjustment to rates and we really haven't seen too much of it. The stock market had a blip for about 48 hours when that happened and then it, and then it went right back to where it was at. Hmm. So it's kind of interesting time for that. Well, From the end of October to now, we've only seen about an eighth adjustment in rate, interest rate okay. on the street. And I would say that's pretty low, pretty minimal considering all the different things we've been having, you know, going on in our country. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's surprising to hear that, you know. Um, from you too, because just knowing that where we're at as far as just there's a lot of uncertainty from a social standpoint, but 
you're saying from a market standpoint, it's been pretty, pretty stable. Pretty and stable. That, yeah. And that eighth, you know, it's it's probably slightly <clears throat> more than an eighth. It's hard to hard to quantify it. That that, but that's probably China, the the trade yep. agreement. Yeah. That we saw that little yep. that little bump up. Phase one. And we're just kind of hanging there now. Okay. So, um, um, the other thing too is yeah. um, with Fannie and Freddie, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, NAR all expect the purchase market to to grow this year. Interesting. Yeah. So 2020 okay. still to be to be a positive purchase market, positive growth, and that's just in volume, not in prices necessarily, but right. just volume. They expect a, a more robust than we had last year. Um, refinances from a lending standpoint are expected to, to drop back, but we had a very unexpected increase last year. Yeah, that's what you're saying. In refinances, yeah. um, so that'll that'll come kind of come back a little bit, but from the purchase market. Um, it's expected to grow this year. So you guys mentioned that you had that bump in refinancing for the last part of that of last year of 2019. Do you foresee any that impacting anything moving into the next year? It, like, was that market wide, or is that just here locally, regionally? Um, and if so, like, does that impact anything moving forward into 2020? And how does it if if it does? Well, well it was it was um, across the country. Okay. Um, very much local too, as far as the Northwest and other parts of the country. But it's one of the few times where we saw rates down as values are going up, right? So yeah. quite often we'll see uh, rates dropping, but unfortunately the values are dropping with it. Mm-hmm. And so um, this was kind of the ideal um, environment for the refinance where we saw the values of the home right. going up, rates going down. So all of a sudden people were able to get out of their mortgage insurance mm-hmm. and um, get cash out yep. if they need it, paying off some bills, that sort of thing. We hadn't seen that in a long, long time. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a smart thing to do, I would think, if you want to get out of your PMI or whatever and yeah. pay, you know, I don't know. Now, how that affects 2020, George, I don't know. Do you have any take on that? It's Well, what I would be more, what, <laughs> what I would be concerned about from us as realtors, lenders, on a purchase purchase market basis, did we just get people into so much of a better position that they are they are more cautious about buying something new. <laughs> yes, they've gotten yes. their payments so much lower, or they pulled some cash out and remodeled their their kitchen, and now it's like, hey, I don't need to move. Right, right. <laughs> we we just fixed this house up. So that, and we don't know that impact, but okay. that could have a bit of an impact on the market going forward. Right. It, well, you know this better than than we do. That that people right now are a little reluctant to put their house on on the market because they don't know where they can go buy. Right. Right. Yep. So. And the, there is clearly a case right now where baby boomers are staying in place, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? They're just, they're not moving to that next house as mm-hmm. generations before when they've hit their age have done. Right. And did that refinance just impact that as well? Did we see people say, yeah, I got another five years here now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I, <clears throat> I mean, I guess I should expect that, you know, if the rates were where they were at and then people were getting some signs that it wasn't going anywhere they were thinking that um i think that makes sense do so as far as you, you mentioned fanny fanny freddie and nar um and the rate staying level purchase market is going to increase this year or you you think it could potentially increase this year um so the refinances are going to decline or are they going to yeah they just and i think the main reason for that is there was so much activity last year that most everyone who could refinance. Right, they already, they already took care of that at the it's, end of 2019. Okay. Right. 
Yeah, so I think our biggest thing in 2020, we just talked about the fact that, you know, rates should stay really good. Purchase market's supposed to be up. We still have a major inventory issue. Yes, you, know, you can that's probably what we talked more, about. Yeah. yeah, speak on that more than we could, but um, we're finding there's just a lot of clients right now that would love to buy up, would love to buy yes. new home, but they're afraid because where do they move to? Right. You know, or they could love to sell, but where do we move to, right? Yeah. We're still seeing a lot of people coming down from King County. Yep. You know, so they're taking a home out of the supply chain and they're not what adding one back in in Pierce County because they're selling their home up in King County. Right. And, um, you know, if there's an obstacle to overcome for our market in 2020 in Pierce County, I think that's probably it. Yeah, no, we, we, we actually just talked about that yesterday in our, in our um, what well, we talked about this morning as well as far as the inventory shortage. And, you know, just even here in Pierce County, I believe it was uh, in December of 2019, uh, we had for for from this year to last year there was a sh- a change. Let's see, I have it right here. Uh, almost a a forty percent change as far as like uh, properties, you know, down down forty percent. We're down forty percent, um, and that's a lot of properties in Pierce County. And so yeah, the inventory shortage is real. So what people are seeing and feeling that is real. Um, the numbers here say it. We just had a post on our website. It's uh, we have a we do a monthly housing market blog post. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that shortage is is real. And so we anticipate, um, you know, people are going to be putting their houses on the market this year. But you have you, we have built up buyers right now who, right. as you know, can't find anything or are or don't want to find or haven't found something and have been looking. And so they're going to be hot to trot when, and when the spring hits. And then you're going to have new buyers coming in who are going to be looking as well. So you're going to have a lot of people competing over uh, the new inventory that's going to be coming on here shortly. So that's right. Pierce County can see another uh, <laughs> be crazy. crazy, crazy market here. Which, <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's going to be an interesting 2020, I think. Um, yeah, what persistence and patience will be the, uh, <laughs> yes. the key words. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to you know, help our agents coach people up on, you know, what that looks like. And that's why we want to make sure that we're getting that information out so that we're setting people up for success as opposed to like having these expect, these grandiose expectations. And it's like, no, actually this is going to be, it's going to be some work, you know, we're going to have to have a skilled realtor. We're going to have to have skilled lenders. We're going to have to, you're going to have to get some really good people on your side. Um, So we, we kind of, we kind of hit on the factors that could derail the growth. um, But what, what are some other factors that could derail any of this growth that we we're seeing in 2020? Yeah, the, the thing that's interesting right now is um, manufacturing in the U.S. is down. So there's this report, um, these two reports called ISM. It's the Institute of Supply Management, and they do one for, for services, and they do one for manufacturing. This report comes out every month, and 50 is kind of the dividing line. If you're, if the score is above 50, you're in expansion. If it's below 50, you're in contraction. Well, the services uh, report has been over 50 and it's continually over 50, but the manufacturing is now dipped below 50. Okay. So we're seeing contraction in manufacturing. And I don't know, I don't think you could say that we're in a manufacturing recession, but we're kind of heading that way. Um, so if that, um, if that gets deeper and, and steeper, mm-hmm we could that that could hurt because eventually you're going to see job loss from that and that's what's going to pull the consumer back because right now the consumer is driving this economy right consumer spending is 70 percent of our gdp Mm. and as long as the consumer keeps spending as a country we're good Mm. right but if that if we start to see consumers pull back from that that could derail okay this whole train that we're on right now (laughs) (laughs) 
So right, you heard that, people. <laughs> so, so that's a big one. And then the other one, uh, the other big part of that is just job growth. And I kind of mentioned yep. that if manufacturing falls off, does that right. pull jobs down? The Right now, 150,000 jobs per month is considered kind of the healthy, we're growing, everything's in good shape. Okay. And we, so that translates to 1.8 million per year, right? Mm-hmm. So we've ended 2019, 2.1 million mm-hmm. new jobs. Mm-hmm. But 2018 was 2.7 million, so we've we've had a drop mm-hmm. from year to year. So we just don't want to see it continue to drop because that right. will have an impact on slowing down the economy. Okay. Okay. So right now it's still positive, it's still good, but there's a that's that's what could hurt us. Okay, that's in, that's well, that's good information uh, moving forward. And so people, I think the consumer piece is, is that whenever you, I think when you have consumers. I don't know, and this is just me talking off the top of my head. It seems like that would be a more unpredictable, volatile thing if we're if our GDP is based on seventy percent consumer spending. It seems to me like that would be kind of I don't know. That makes me that doesn't make me feel uh, very great as far as stable. And, and I don't know, maybe I'm just wrong there. But I, I just, well, when when you think about it, for our feel... our economy is so mature at this point. Yeah that manufacturing is done in countries where the labor's cheap. Yes. So we, that, that train passed us <laughs> a long time a long ago. Time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, went to Japan, went to Taiwan, went to China, and now it's Indonesia, mm-hmm. India. So there's just different countries where the, where the labor's cheaper, where it's just, you can do all that. We do more specialty manufacturing here, or Finnish right. manufacturing. So those are fewer jobs, but they pay well. Okay. So we've got that that part of it, but you'll see the Midwest of our country has changed so dramatically because mm-hmm. that was based on those. I don't want to say low wage because they were they were paid well, but it was more that early manufacturing yeah, process like as opposed to the finish yeah. manufacturing, and that has gone away, and that's not coming back. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I, I, well, where my mind went was when you talk about how the Midwest has changed. The, mid, uh, the middle of America has changed as far as what that looks like. That's that's an interesting thing to think about. Haven't thought about it that way. Um, so we've, we've talked about derailing. So what other factors do we have that could improve the outlook? Yeah. Um, well, you were talking about this just yesterday um, with the um, EU, with the kind of the global, global piece, mm-hmm. um, just in terms of Right, as Chris was talking about earlier, so much more what happens in world events affects <laughs> what we see in our markets here, rate-wise, stock market-wise. Um, but that's the the other piece. What happens if the EU does start to, to kick up again and do mm-hmm. they start to, to get back on their game a whole lot better? That will actually benefit us. So when you say EU, what oh, do you Sorry, mean? European <laughs> Union. <laughs> no, no, I want to make sure that people know what we're talking about. Um, okay, so the Euro- right? <laughs> so when you say the EU, so the EU rebounding, so the European Union, what? I mean, European Union right now is um, they're more or less in a recession. Okay, their growth has dr- uh, dropped off dramatically over the last year. Um, a lot of that has to do, unfortunately, from the U.S.-China trade dispute. Mm-hmm. It's hurt them. It's hurt other countries as well. It's hurt the EU in particular. Um, so they're they're struggling with. You've got Germany, which is always strong, but even Germany's having a tough time right now, and they kind of have to prop up some of the other, like Italy's struggled recently, Spain struggled, um, 
Scotland, you know, just mm. other parts of the, the EU that have had their, their struggles. And Germany usually is the anchor trying to keep this all, all going. Right. So if Germany's struggling, the whole EU is, is struggling. Well, that's a significant to us because that's a big market for U.S. goods as well. Okay. So if EU's down, that's going to affect us in terms of our, our trade and what we can export. Okay. So, so that's um, so if the EU can start kicking back up, that's going to be a really positive, a big positive for us. Um, and if manufacturing rebounds, there is some hope that the um, phase one portion of the mm-hmm. U.S.-China the trade yeah. will start to get our manufacturing okay. back on track, right? And right. Back, back in action. Just our exports were down, but our imports were down as well in the fourth quarter. Okay, um, China was deeply affected by it as well. They're actually having their, their biggest struggle they've had in five years. So it made sense that both countries wanted to make a deal and get right. get things go, going again. I think it's important for people to know this kind of stuff because um, I can only, I can speak for, you know, just even for myself, like I'm not paying as much attention to say the phase one deal and then taking it and saying, right, phase two. So when we're looking at this election, a lot of people are voting based on these factors Uh you know but what you see in the news are all the other factors and so i think that that's important for people to understand that this stuff is going on and so that that can inform like how you're how you're looking at the world i guess or Mm -hmm. even looking at at where we're going as a country and then you need to break it down too dave so we you know all those numbers we follow the jobs report and the manufacturing and those are numbers for our country Mm -hmm. right and they're different for different pockets of the country, yeah, you know, and so, for example, if the jobs are really good in the in the Pacific Northwest and Pierce County, a lot of people are employed. But what are those income levels doing? So, like, right. I was watching the news this morning, and Jay Inslee is being criticized because he's wanting to implement more tax, and the the pushback is, but the but our jobs pay is not going up. Mm-hmm. We may be getting more jobs, but people's pay is not going up. Right, and so I'm not arguing whether that's true or not. I'm just saying that's the other side of the coin. Yeah. Yep. So that's the same thing, that home affordability. You know, if there's something else that we're concerned about, mm-hmm. um, it's that home affordability. Yep. I mean, if we look at, like, my, my dad, for example, who would have been 82 if he was still alive today, mm-hmm. he bought his first home in Enumclaw with a college degree for, I think it was a three-bed, two-bath, 1,500-square-foot Rambler for yep. about 22000 Wow. That was his starting salary, annual salary as a veterinarian with a college degree. Mm-hmm. So now we're coming out with college degrees, hoping to make maybe 30000 sometimes, depending on what that specialization's at. It's crazy. But yet the average home in Pierce County <laughs> say 300000 So yeah. at some point, you know, that's why we're seeing so much influence from King County coming down to Pierce County, right? Right. And so at what point can we keep sustaining that and sustaining that? So yeah. yes, rates are down. Um, you know, we have low inventory. All of a sudden, it becomes a very competitive market. It brings the values up. At some point, it's just just not affordable for the consumer. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Um, so, yeah, is there is there anything else that you guys want people to know about the twenty moving into this year, um, market wise? Like, um, if you're sitting down and they're sitting in front of you and they're looking to buy a house, I'm a homeowner, uh, or you know, a potential homeowner or someone that's looking. What would you What would you tell me, like, as far as going into the Pierce County market? Well, Pierce County is a wonderful market, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a situation where you're buying and you want you know you're going to be in town for quite a few years to come. It's just um, there's so much more room for growth in Pierce County. We've seen yeah. a bunch of it, and there's a lot more to go. I believe um, we've got a lot to offer that we're starting to catch King County on on some things. It's going to support the local economy here for right. a long time. I believe. Yeah, and so. Um, 
real estate's a great thing, especially if you know you can hang in there for a little while. Yeah. It's ultimately going to be going to be a good investment for people. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look over time, and I think we were talking about this. I don't know who I was talking this about, but if you look over time, the trend line is just up. It's not <laughs> the trend line has never gone down. I don't think mm-hmm. as as far as you know property value and things of that nature. Yeah, it's going to take a dip at times, and there might be bumps in the road, but over 40 years or 30 mm-hmm. years or 20 years, mm-hmm. the trend line is always going up. Yeah, so I agree. It's, um, it, the other thing that, I was just having a conversation with a client who wants to buy an investment property. And one of the things that they had said was, well, I think we may want to wait a little bit. I think we might see prices come come back. And, um, and I said, well, while that's possible, mm-hmm. that does not appear to be the case. We've got people still moving into this area. Yep. We've got jobs available here. I, I there's nothing right now that would suggest that values are going to dip. Right. They might. The trajectory might slow down. We may not grow as fast as we've been growing the last four years. So, if you're thinking <laughs> that you're going to wait and get yeah. a deal in the fall, I, I would say that's probably not accurate. Yeah. Um, I've I've got a couple clients who kind of held off their cautious buyers and they've held off and held off well their purchase price has probably gone up 50 grand mm-hmm. yeah in the last couple of years and yeah for someone that might have been looking right. two years ago versus right now and they held off and didn't think that was the right time and now you're looking to buy like that same thing is not no. the same price no. as it was two years ago or even one year ago no so it's um well you, you got to be comfortable with it you got to be able to sleep at night as <laughs> with the name of your <laughs> right. god this, but yeah. I would I would tell people go, yeah, buy. Similarly with rates too, right? So right. we still have people say, oh, we're waiting for rates to go lower. Well, you know, if rates go lower, we probably have bigger issues we need to be worried about right. as, a, as a country. Yes. So the odds of that are not great. If they go down, they're um, going to be down minor versus potentially they could go up exponentially as things start to grow. So, right. Well, thank you guys for the information. That was a lot of good stuff. I hope people listen and they'll probably have maybe listen again. Um, but where can people find you online or text or call or how can people get in touch with you if they want to know more? Yeah, the best way is just call in our office and you can ask for either Chris or myself. It's 253-460-6200. And uh, our emails are really easy because it's just at guildmortgage.net and it's either C. Duskin or G. Lane. All right, C. Duskin or G. Lane at at guildmortgage.net. Got it. All right, well, thank you for coming in. And, yeah, that's great, great information. And, again, if you guys want more of this content, we have plenty more to offer. You can subscribe. Uh, We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And that'll do it for this time. Tune in next week. We'll have something else for you. But uh, thank you guys for coming in again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All right.